What is happening, everyone? Welcome to episode 67 of your favorite podcast, the Gordai Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Haley, alongside my co-host, Scott Simmons. And today, I am taking you to physiology school. This is part one of our fat loss physiology. I think this is going to be a three-part series, definitely a two-part series. We're going to see how well I can teach it and break it down for you guys. Inside, be ready to learn a ton about fat loss plateaus, what happens during fat loss, why is it hard to lose fat, all all of these items. I really hope you guys enjoy this. I think it's super informative and inside there is a ton of information. Episode 67 brought to you by Revive Supplements, brought to you by Raw Supplements. Use code Mahaley20 at checkout. And if you could please scroll down to the bottom of this page and give us five stars, share us with your friends. We appreciate the love. I'll see you inside. All right, guys, we're going to talk a little bit of physiology today. Don't we love that? I tried making this um, as layman as possible. I know uh, when when I had Sam Miller on the podcast, we kind of discussed like, you know, it it gets frustrating listening to people who are like really, 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 really intelligent. Um, I'm not classified as one of those people. I'm just like really intelligent. (laughs) I'm not really, 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 really intelligent. Um, But it's like frustrating listening to like those people sometimes talk and not be able to like break it down for a layman to understand. I think... I think you guys have to let me know. I think I did a pretty decent job on this one for you guys to be able to follow along. Understand. I really, I hope this is going to stay around like a half hour, 30 minutes uh, or a half hour to 40 minutes sometime in there. Cause I don't want you guys like getting lost. It's going to be a multi-phase process, probably um, two or three podcasts. that will kind of discuss this, Um, but would highly recommend paying very close attention, taking your notes um, because I think this is good. Maybe I have no fucking clue what I'm talking about. And I just made all this shit up. But regardless, it works for my clients. <laughs> we'll, see. <laughs> we'll fucking see. So understand, you know, people get super frustrated um, when they're dieting. And there always seems to be a point of, you know, a week or two where, man, you know, I, I didn't really get much leaner this week. You know, why is that? You have to understand we always need to be able to work with physiology. Your body prevents you at a certain point or, or slows down at a certain point. I'm going to dive into the exact mechanism uh, behind how this happens. At some point it sl- stops or slows down burning body fat. Okay. At this point, if you try pushing harder, if you're a natural person, it's going to end horribly. If you're an enhanced person, you're probably going to still be able to get body fat off, uh, but it's probably going to take more enhancements than need be, which is going to raise systemic toxicity. And that toxicity in the, you know, on the other end is going to make your physique look poor and you can't even realize you're actually fucking getting leaner. I mean, I just created a shit show out of it. Okay, so fat loss plateaus happen to literally prevent you from dying. It's biology. I use the reference a ton during the podcast because it's like the most um, applicable form of biology. You guys, we evolved over tens of thousands of years from having to stay the fuck alive from the food tomorrow's not guaranteed. If you're someone listening to this podcast, I hope that you're someone who has food guaranteed tomorrow. But you have to understand, if you go back 150 years, that wasn't a thing. Fuck, you go back 100 years and that wasn't really a thing. Let alone if we throw it back three, four, five hundred years. Like there were days that you would not eat. Sometimes there were weeks that you might go or a week or so that you might go without a meal that is actually fueling, uh, um, properly fueling your, your body. Okay. That's still there. 
this whole being fed grocery stores, markets, that's brand fucking new. Being a bodybuilder, being someone who is chasing physique enhancement or performance enhancement, that's brand fucking new. I mean, this is like we're talking like within the last 10 years, the shit got huge. Okay, Um, so this is just biology. If you get frustrated with it, I mean, you're kind of getting frustrated that you were born a human. And I don't know. I mean, you could have been born something else, I guess. But like humans are at the top of the food chain. So you should just fucking embrace it. it's nothing to get frustrated at. If you get frustrated with your coach because you met a fat loss plateau, well, I mean, your, you know, your your coaches are responsible for the tens of thousands of years of evolution that it took to fucking get you here. But your coach needs to be able to respond and uh, adapt to whatever's going on to make this happen. So, oftentimes, and I've discussed on the podcast, and we hear that it's just like metabolic adaptation, metabolic downregulation, whatever. To an extent, yeah. Weight loss, it's 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 mostly metabolic adaptation. We're talking about fat loss. We're talking about body fat loss. Vastly different from weight loss. Vastly different. Our body, our, our, our goal here is not to drop weight. Our goal here is to preserve lean body mass while dropping fat body mass as low as we possibly can and doing everything in our power to make that happen. This takes a lot of factors at play. Namely, an incredibly resilient in, um, um, uh, metabolism, an incredibly resilient uh, hormonal function across your entire body. It takes incredible resiliency of just fucking overall health, to be quite frank. So you hop into a prep, you don't get any fucking results. Well, you weren't fucking healthy to start the prep anyways. That's why, you know, blood work before a prep um, is so important. Knowing, uh, you know, working with a coach before a prep is so important. So they have time to fix things that, that, you know, need fixed. It's beyond calories in and calories out when we are talking about fat loss. Okay. Over time, as you drop body fat, you're going to be burning less from just your neat from your eating. Yeah. Did you know that you burn calories when you're eating and you, when you're digesting and assimilating? It's really cool from your training, from your cardio, everything there. You're going to start burning less from your body's going to become more efficient getting through the day to day task. And, you know, what does efficiency do? Efficiency makes things easier. It's like in the off season, you're driving a semi truck and then, in you know, deep end prep, you start driving a fucking Toyota Prius. It's extremely efficient. It's really fucking easy to burn body fat when, you know, you're, you're not efficient at all. When you're fucking semi truck struggling to get up a hill, super easy to burn body fat. When you're Toyota Prius and you go everywhere on fucking electricity, then, well, that's a much better place to be. Okay. For your body, not for you. So as your weight drops, you burn less, period. That's just how it works. More fat loss is going to equal increased fatigue. Okay. Again. It's just something that happens. It's physiology. This isn't something that's really avoidable. Okay. You're dropping body fat. You're dropping body fat. Understand it's very metabolically expensive for your body to drop body fat. I've I've talked about on this podcast before how many carbon fucking chains uh, atoms there are in one chain of triglycerides. Pulling this out, sifting it through the bloodstream, putting it into the mitochondria. All this shit's really fucking taxing. This is difficult. That's why glucose or stored glycogen is the preferred nutrient that your body utilizes for energy. It's super easy. It's a four carbon chain. 
compared to something that could be upwards of 26 carbon chains. Okay, so obviously it's much easier to mobilize, to store um, and to utilize glucose slash glycogen. Glucose is the free flowing form of glycogen. Glycogen is when it's stored in the muscle, in case you did not know that. So your fatigue goes up. This will directly relate to no matter how mentally tough you are, there's going to be a drop in training output and your cardio output. It's your body kind of preserving itself. But also, why do we have less? We have less energy to work with. We have less we have less um, energy at our disposal to be able to put into this training session. But we still have a logbook. We still have a duty and we still have capability to beat that logbook. Okay. It's just going to be really fucking hard to do it once you get lean enough. Now, if you've been dieting three fucking weeks, you're not close. You're like, you're not in the vicinity of even being close to this. This is something when you're like close to stage lean. All right. That your fatigue is going to go really fucking high and you can't. It, it, I mean, yeah. At the end of a contest prep, if you're in shape, it's impossible to increase weight and beat the logbook week after week. Your goal at that point changes to become fucked, dude. Can I just hold on? You know, even with cardio, I do, you know, all my clients do intent based cardio. Let's say I had to do 135 floors uh, on the Stairmaster, and that was taking you 28 minutes to do. And now you're, you know, two, three weeks out and it's like hard, like you're so tired. It's hard to even fucking go to bed, dude. Your only goal at that point, dude, I got to keep this cardio at 28 minutes. I got to keep that cardio right there in line. At that point, it's not really about beating the logbook. It's about just fucking hanging on for dear life and forcing adaptation through the work that you do. So the mental approach, when you actually get pretty fucking lean, the like you're, you're going to find out real fucking quick how tough somebody is. Really fucking quick. Um, you know, honestly, in the the bikini division, it is the softest division. They, you guys still have to get really fucking lean. You guys still have to get pretty fucking hard. I mean, you still got to be a high nine, a mid nine percent body fat. That's not easy to be. But you're going to notice far less performance decrease than, say, a women's physique girl who literally needs to be six percent body fat on stage or lower. So I don't want you to like listen to this podcast and like apply it's like the next time you're prep or if you're one of my clients listening to this podcast which all you fucking better be i don't want you like if you're in prep i don't want you like to start like uh, being cognizant of well at some point i'm supposed to like not feel well i just want you to continue focusing on being a logbook but when the day comes that you might not feel as good as you did last week go ahead head into your training session i want you to um, to have the empowerment of understanding why it's not because you're doing anything wrong. It's not because you're fucking dying. Your your body's directly preventing you from dying. That's why your performance, you know, is is uh, diminishing. Your body only cares about one thing: survival and thriving. When you get too lean, your chances of being able to thrive and survive drop down. Your body's preparing for a fucking fight against gladiators, dude. Like it still thinks that there's all these threats that aren't really imminent anymore. Okay. Is, is there any benefit to minimally 
beating the logbook. Let's say like yeah. your lift goes up two and a half pounds or five huge pounds. benefit, huge benefit. Any any form of improvement or beating that logbook is a huge deal. It's a massive, massive, massive deal. At the end of a prep, you kind of have to play the risk reward game. Mm-hmm. Like I was getting stronger up until like four and a half weeks out for my show, and then there was a very fast diminish. Mm-hmm. But up until that point, it's like, man, if I can just if I could eat, if I can just keep the weight and the reps the same, but the control or the execution of this lift was a lot better than last week, then you, I mean, that's a form of overload. It's like by any means possible, because your body is always responding. The key note rule number one of physiology, your body is constantly responding to the adaptation you are forcing upon it. If your lifts just all drop fucking 50% in prep, you are going to look soft as shit. You're going to look stringy. You're going to lose a fuck ton of muscle. Fuck tons of muscle. I mean, you're going to kind of look like you don't need lift anymore. So we need to have the mental wherewithal and the fortitude to continue pushing that. And, 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 and just whatever the fuck it takes. How do I improve? When you make improvement non-negotiable. Up until the point that the improvement is completely taken away from you because you're striving for a goal of do I need to be fucking peeled on stage when you're striving for that goal at some point performance is going to be taken away from you. And at that point, you just like hold on. Is there a point to where pushing beyond, you know, again, you find your threshold Mm -hmm. and you're like, okay, that's my baseline. I'm two weeks out. That's my baseline. Yeah. 28 minutes on the zero master. Yeah. Well, I can go. I can do it in 27. Well, that's a minimal, I would assume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there a point to where you go, okay, I can do 22. Is that putting too much stress in the body yeah. where it's actually counterproductive? Yeah, that's a great, great, great question. Because when we start, I mean, there's an element of overreaching here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, if rule number one is body is constantly responding to adaptation, rule number two is stress mitigation. Um, so now... You know, well, number one, if we're in prep, you know, we're, you know, a few weeks out from the show and your cardio is still dropping a ton of time, I would assume, for, you know, if you're doing like intent based cardio, um, if you're not doing intent based cardio, it doesn't really apply to it. it. It does. You can make standardized cardio intent based by just making yourself, making sure that you beat whatever you did in X amount of time uh, from the last session. But if we just start pushing, 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 now all of a sudden we're taking minutes off at the end and we probably didn't push hard enough earlier on. But also if we're like sprinting up the Stairmaster, mm-hmm. like now that's your leg day. Mm-hmm. They're like, now that's replacing leg day. And so, now you go into your leg day with extreme chronic fatigue. You can't fucking lift anything. You ruined it. And basically. yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and again, your body's responding to this adaptation. Now 135 pounds on squats is really heavy. When at the beginning of the prep, you're doing 205. Guess what happens? I don't need this muscle anymore. Mm -hmm. I don't need this muscle anymore because she's not lifting as heavy as she was. So I need energy really fucking bad. So I'm going to go in and I'm going to take it from these muscles. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take it because your nitrogen, you know, at that point, your nitrogen levels are so low. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, that's why, especially, um, you know, deep in prep, I push protein fucking high. I mean, dietary nitrogen, you know, at the end is kind of your only saving grace for any of this. Mm -hmm. Um, It's kind of the only way that you're able to hang on for dear life here. Um, So, yeah, you know, there's definitely... We, we, we need to be intelligent because, you know, cardio is a tool, you know, I see it being abused and misused so often, like our stress recovery from cardio should be minimal. Mm -hmm. I am a very low cardio coach. 
I do not enjoy having high cardio. Um, well, I, like you said, your goal is to go to the squat and make exactly. sure you can perform it and yeah. not, not then lose 50%. Like of it. Uh, the adaptation is forced full spectrum. The adaptation isn't forced just from diet and cardio. The adaptation is forced through training your fucking ass off. They're hitting your knee every day, keeping stress low. If stress is low, then we're going to be able to burn body fat much more uh, optimally than, you know, if it's high, like, like stress, cardio is such a fucking tool. And I just see it so misused and abused. Like cardio is like a Bible for some of these fucking people. And it just doesn't make any sense to me. It's it's not well versed at all in physiology to be quite frank with you. Now, if I got to put your fucking ass on a stair master for an hour and a half, I got to put your ass on a stair master for an hour and a half. But man, you know, if we do our job in the off season, and we do our job, you know, pushing hard enough early on in prep. And we just like do our job every fucking day. Man, I bet you. I mean, I bet you don't ever have to do an hour of cardio. Last mm-hmm. time I had a client do an hour of cardio was 2018. My fucking <laughs> resume is pretty fucking good. Yeah. Because in 2018, I was realizing, wait, well, wait, wait. The more cardio all these people do, the way fucking worse they look. Oh, yeah. Because fucking stress. Duh. They have to recover from this and it makes their physique go soft. Now. You know, some people listening to this might be people who do hours of cardio a day, who do all of this shit. I I would assess your approach because if you do it the smart way, if you do it the right way, I can promise you, you don't got to do that. Now, don't fucking come applying with me being like, yeah, you know, I heard in your podcast and no one does cardio. No, don't fucking do that. Don't fucking do that. You're not going to get accepted. It's, it's not about that. Um, it, it, it's just about, you know, finding a coach that kind of fits that find, find a coach sure. that is again, maybe a rule number three, always work with the physiology yeah. because you know, rule number one, if we're forced adaptation, rule number two, stress, if rule number three, if these two are checked off, the rule number three is good. Mm-hmm. Rule number three is taken care of. Mm-hmm. The issue is, man, I just don't see a lot of fucking things that like bodybuilding coaching is going to undergo a massive transition. Yeah. And I'm going to make sure I'm the fucking leader of this shit. Yeah. It's going to undergo a massive transition of, oh, wait, everything needs to be done with intent. These blank, these blanket times and diets and stuff don't really do anything for anybody. Mm-hmm. Everything needs to be done with force adaptation. Number one and stress mitigation. Number two on our list. There's going to be a change. There's going to be, I don't want to say revolution. It's not that fucking serious. It's fucking body. But it's a hobby that doesn't pay anybody. anything. Sure. But like, there's going to be a huge overhaal, you know, in the way people coach. You still have taking the factor of health, which is what you're talking 100%, about. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Man, like the, the, even at even becoming Mr. Olympia, the checks at that level just aren't worth the fucking, <laughs> it's, it's not worth being fucked forever. So like, sure. why are you guys fucking yourself forever? Sure. Y'all fucking yourself forever for a $1,200 check. And I just can't relate. Yeah. Like it, to, to me, it's absolutely mind blowing, but we have to understand a long-term deficit, really long-term. I don't want to use the word chronic here. Cause chronic to me means like, Chronic to me means there's like a problem. What's long term? Like a month? 12 months? <sighs> uh, I hate this answer. <laughs> Fucking depends. I, I, it's variable. It, it I know. Depends. I understand. Yeah. I understand. Is there a range? Man, it's for, like too much. Like, so, potentially. So, so for me, yeah. I'm an extreme hyper responder to dieting. Okay. Okay. Dude, if I'm in a deficit for like three straight weeks, that's too much. It's awful. Okay. Like I start well, looking terrible. I start, but. You're, so you look terrible. Yeah. Is your sleep 
pretty bad. Everything goes bad. Everything yeah. goes up. So your biofeedback is yeah. all negative. But then I have Joe Sugarman over here who like, dude, he spent like nine straight fucking weeks in a deficit and he just kept improving. And I was like, I think, okay. I think we're, I mean, we're good. Okay. So it's anecdotal. <laughs> so, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's anecdotal. Um, I would say, I would say average, God, I can't even give that. That's fine. Unfortunately, I was just curious. Yeah. it's it, it it is it is super variable. But a, a, so long term for you, you know, long term for for you, what's a long term deficit there? Your body is going to respond by just optimizing every form of movement you do throughout the day to make it really, really, really easy for it. Okay, for you, it still feels terrible, but your body just starts turning into this fucking Prius. All right. Along with this, your energy is lower. Go back to the mental fortitude discussion we just had a little bit ago. You're probably going to move less. This is why monitoring your NEAT is so fucking important. This is also why I'm able to keep my clients actual standardized cardio during prep so fucking low. As they diet down, as they continue dieting, 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 pushing, 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 dude, we're still getting... You know, I mean, it depends on the client. Some clients, 7,000 steps, some clients, 11,500 steps. We're still getting that every single day. Every single that that doesn't go away. We're forcing the body to just continue outputting that amount every single day. And as we manipulate your your metabolism with the diet and with the rest, um, the rest from training or a cardio break or, you know, any of those items, your body continues burning through body fat because that meat is completely optimized. Okay. Now with everything, it can only last for so long. So let's talk about the mitochondria. Mitochondria creates ATP. Adenosine triphosphate is what every muscular contraction in the body is fueled by. But muscular contractions can also be fueled directly by the carbon atom from glucose from free flowing fatty acids. Pretty fucking cool, huh? They don't teach you that shit in school. Mm-hmm. Well, in college, I, I guess I would deep know. <laughs> in deep in college they do, but like they don't really teach that in school. So mitochondria becomes incredibly efficient during a dieting phase. Now it starts uncoupling proteins that burn carbs and fats. Understand what proteins are. There's proteins that are made in your body that serve a certain purpose. Okay, and some of these proteins are like satellite cell. They act as almost satellite cells to go get these carbohydrates and these fats and take care of these things and uh, transport them here, there, you know, everywhere. It's not always just like the actual amino acid repairing the muscle. Proteins serve lots of different purposes. Okay, so it starts uncoupling proteins. This means that it essentially pulls them apart uncouples them it uncouples the reaction of the protein doing something whenever anything medically and in, in, in medical terminology and some nurses and doctors are going like listen to this and be like so you know, this is the actual definition but the gist of the de- definition in, in an uncoupling phase is interference of a chain of an event so let's say cell a is supposed to go grab cell b and bring cell b right over here Somewhere in this super simple process, it's uncoupled, it's cut off, and now it is no longer efficient, but whatever over here is still needs its cell. It still needs cell B, okay? Well, now we're uncoupling proteins that burn carbohydrates and fat. 
Now the carbohydrates and fat don't get turned into ATP. They go directly into the mitochondria. This produces heat. Okay. You ever get, you, you ever get really like hot during your preps? A lot of women are listening to this like, no, I can't relate because as women get leaner, they get cooler. Mm -hmm. And so like this heat that has let off through that actually just like slightly raises body temperature a little bit back to normal. But like guys listening to this are like, yeah, I know what that means. Really? That's okay. what that's what DMP does. Yeah. DMP is a mitochondrial uncoupler. It just essentially shuts off the Krebs that's cycle. That's right. You did say that. I yeah. remember you talking to me about that. It, it's fucking fascinating. Yeah. It essentially just sh shuts off the, the Krebs cycle. Yeah. And forces... Uh, triglycerides to be, uh, you know, uh, forced into the bloodstream. It, well, first, glycogen forced into the bloodstream. And every muscular contraction that you have throughout the day, which you literally have muscular contractions, like turning your hand into a ball and into a fist or something, that requires energy to do. And usually it's ATP because your body's so efficient with ATP. And you take in a mitochondrial encoupler like DMP, and there's like four other ones, uh, but none of them are... We, we, we just don't know how to use them in humans, to be mm -hmm. quite frank. There's no uh, um, human research or uh, trials done with them. Yeah. So, yeah, that then shuts all the Krebs cycle. Glucose and, and fatty acids go directly into the mitochondria and just start being burnt. But, you know, with what I'm explaining here, there's still ATP being made. Mm -hmm. So the carbohydrates and the fats are just kind of pulled in like around the block, but with some ATP still coming in over here, there's still a trickle of ATP. Yeah. When you're on DMP, there's no ATP. There's none. So it's just, dude, it, it burns fat like nothing you've ever fucking seen before. Mm -hmm. So it, the, the, the mitochondria starts uncoupling proteins that burn carbohydrates, fast carbohydrates, fats start going directly into the mitochondria rather than being turned into ATP. This produces heat, not ATP. You are going to feel a drop in performance at this point. Your body needs energy usage. It doesn't give a fuck about performance, especially when you're deep into a dieting phase. It doesn't fucking care about your performance. It's trying to like, hang on. It's not sure what's happening to it. It's not like you can just tell your body, oh, I'm getting ready to flex my muscles on stage. <laughs> like if, and, if you're and, starving. Yeah, right? and, yeah. And, and, and if you did. So, Does yes, not? yes. Okay. For the purpose of this conversation. Sure. But. If I, if I say yes and agree with that and someone listens to this and they'll come back and be like, starvation mode isn't a real thing. And they're correct. Starvation mode isn't a real okay, thing. For okay. the purpose of this conversation, yeah, the body thinks you're essentially starving. Okay. Okay. You're hungry. Yeah. Is that better? Yeah. Yeah. So actually, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to get into that super, like, yeah. not far from here. It's on my notes. Um, and so your body only, only, only cares about that one item. Survive and thrive. Survive and thrive. Survive and thrive. Your body doesn't care that you can incline bench press 405 pounds for three reps. Eight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your your chair's chair fucking squeaking right now a yeah, lot, and I'm like, what yeah. the fuck is happening? Are you, are you getting too heavy? I'm getting fucking used. Was that four hundred five too much? <laughs> That's the one that tipped it you over. Set the limit on the chair. Jesus. Um. So performance really drops down now. You're gonna be flat and stringy if you're here too long, but also if you're here too long, understand your body cares about energy not its composition at some point when your performance is down your body needs energy and your mitochondria is uncoupling proteins that commonly turn carbohydrates and fats into atp eventually it's gonna go straight to the motherfucking source what's the source fucking muscle tissue man it's gonna go into these muscle cells it's gonna start pulling out amino acids because at this point your nitrogen is dropped down if you stay here too long 
you're going to start, start burning muscle. Now you're in a contest prep. Cool. Dope. Awesome. Enhanced natural. I don't care. You are going to lose some muscle. If you're a bodybuilder, you're getting down to five, 4% body fat. You're not doing that without losing any muscle. Now there's extreme genetic outliers that might not. You can look at Phil Heath and it's like, man, when he's in shape, he looks the exact fucking same as he does in the off season, just without any fucking skin. There's, there's always genetic outliers for everything. There's also genetic outliers on the other side. Fuck, you start dieting and all the fucking muscle goes. I've never seen one of those, but they exist. I mean, you know, you can really like outliers are just so few and far between. Okay, so if you stay there too long where you're just that this is an over dieting and an overstress phase. There's an element of bodybuilding that is going to be an over dieting and an overstress phase. Every prep's going to have it. It's up to the coach and the communication from the client to be able to mitigate it and to be able to adapt. But it's going to be there. It's going to be present. Now, if you're fucking there for three weeks and you fucked your whole prep up, you're not going to look good on stage. Honestly, you fucked your entire improvement phase up too, uh, because you're going to lose everything that you did. Let's talk about the hormonal changes that occur during a fat loss phase. Hormonal changes occur due to lower intake and lower body fat. Understand your body fat is an organ. Did you know that? Did you know that your body fat is an organ? Like the fat that you yeah. build? Yeah. That develops Just in like your body? all your body fat. That's, that's an organ. It's considered it, it serves an organ? Function. Yeah, really? yeah. It serves function. It creates hormones. It's a very vital part of your life. Yeah. Interesting. So your body fat is an organ. Okay. Well, when your hormonal changes start taking place, this heavily elevates the chances at muscle loss, especially the leaner you get. And a direct correlation is the metabolism drops. So what's actually going on? Well, when you're in the contest prep phase, now, if you're an enhanced client, by the time you're at this place, if you're a male, well, we're likely utilizing Trimbalone, some tests maybe some Anavar to further prevent this. You don't really have to worry about this as much. Now, adipogenesis does occur in other ways outside of just testosterone dropping. Um, not sure if I'm going to touch on that in this podcast. If I remember, I will. Um, it's not on my notes, so I might not. But if you're a female, this is going to occur if you're an enhanced female at this point, we're probably on a Prima Bulan or an Anavar, or if you're a more muscular competitor, maybe NPP or something of the like. But right now, for the sake of this conversation, your testosterone drops. Adipogenesis occurs. What is adipogenesis? That is a process of the formation of new adipocytes. What are adipocytes? Adipocytes are where adipose tissue can be stored. When you are dieting for a bodybuilding show, you're getting incredibly lean, incredibly lean. So your body's defense mechanism is the formation of new adipocytes. This is why you have to nail your reverse diet. Oh my God, I cannot reiterate this enough. I look around and I see a lot of why are the same fucking teams, the ones having the issues with everyone getting fat within a month post show. Mm. How's come they all use an if it fits your macros <clears throat> approach? Because mm -hmm. when you don't fucking understand how wholesome foods actually fuel your well-being, 
and you constantly give into cravings, guess what happens post show? It gets elevated so fucking much. Mm -hmm. Why is it so easy to gain body fat after a dieting phase? Because you have new adipocytes. Adipocytes are starving for fuel. What is their fuel? Fat. They will do anything to intake fat. Guess what happens when your hormonal output is like testosterone is extremely fucking low. Your body is much more apt because of the fact that it is in for the process or for the purpose of this conversation that, but not literally. And I will do a podcast on this. It thinks it's starving. It is in complete defense mode. So now the nutrients that you take in, it tries really fucking hard storing them as body fat. Why? Body fat's an organ. Glycogen's not an organ. It's not really that important to it at this phase, at this level. It's not that important to it. It wants your body wants to store more body fat and it's going to do everything in its power to do such. If you come out of a show and you bomb your reverse diet, you will get fat. You understand how fucking hard it is to lose that body fat? Because. I mean, during a contest prep, dude, I mean, there's, there was a research done. I can't remember who did it. Um, I remember discussing it with Jordan Duggar about this of these competitive bodybuilders were dieting, dieting, dieting. And there were like 10,000 or some new adipocytes formed during their dieting phase. 10, that's 10,000 more places. Your body has a sore body fat. Like, do you see how bad it just wants to really do that? So if you come out, you don't kill your reverse phase, you're going to get body. You're, you're going to get fat. Period. It's that simple. So keep your discipline. Hit your fucking reverse. Allow yourself to be healthy. Because if you get fat post-show, you're not healthy. And I see these fucking people who call themselves competitors but always have to diet down from being fat. I'm not talking heavy. I'm talking these people getting fat. And then you diet, 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 push, 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 more adipocytes, more adipocytes, more adipocytes. And then you get fatter next time. Like you're not a competitor. You're just someone who steps on stage. Do adipocytes, you know, diminish? No. So they're permanent. No. They're permanent. Forever. So you said, the they're study there said there was like something along the lines of 10,000 yeah. adipocytes. Yeah. Those are stuck there. Forever. Because your body went into a defense mode. Yeah. And stuck them there. Yeah. As a... Now, in terms of the actual appearance of these things, not sure what they look like. Okay. It could be just, um, man, how do I describe the picture in my head right now? Um, God, I don't think I can because most of <laughs> these people are not going to have any fucking clue what I'm referencing. Um, I can kind of break it down a little bit. Let's think about uh, a honeycomb. That's what it's called, right? Like a honeycomb. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the, or the honey feed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's think of like a honeycomb. Yeah. And it's like essentially just a net. Okay. Where adipose can, where adipose tissue can stick, stick, grow, be formed, kind of whatever. Now, spider web. That doesn't mean it's like a spider web. Yeah. yeah. But that doesn't mean it's, you know, being actively used. It just means it's available because. You are dieting very fucking hard right now. You've lost so much body fat that this is just easy for you. So in this, in as the result of this study, you're more likely to become yeah 
have higher levels of body fat yeah. if you diet into you know the competition yeah if type of diet. It, 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 it would it is a very slippery slope it is very easy to come out of a contest prep phase and you are very 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 apt to putting on body fat like right away immediately putting on a lot of body fat why but why so why would your body why would your body create them as a defense mechanism but when your body kind of regulates yeah let's say you never do a show again yeah why would it not dispose of unused adipocytes i'm not sure we know that interesting i'm not sure we know that answer Hmm. your body also remembers everything though Mm -hmm. like you might not have competed you know i might be 70 years old and i haven't competed for 35 years my body still knows Mm -hmm. my body still remembers it's it's protecting yeah yeah yeah. if that happens again we got it yeah yeah so you know i guess you can kind of point to that as like why sure which like definitely isn't a solidified answer but i don't believe we know that'd be a super interesting thing to learn i'm not sure if we could you even learn could you even i'm, not, it I'm out? not sure we can figure it out mm. it would just like it would have to be i mean it would have to be if like can, i'm assessing this person now and then i'm gonna assess them in their 20 fucking years again like we you know what uh, the yeah, odds. i guess it's true but also i'm not sure i know i know there are some researchers who who listen to this podcast and they might be able to better educate me on how that would look um but those adipose sites as far as we know right now and very 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 likely are there forever because your body just remembers. Okay. Your body is looking out for your best interest. Um, it doesn't care about a bodybuilding show. So when testosterone drops, what's tied directly to testosterone, your thyroid and your leptin, they both drop as well. That means there's a drop in metabolism. Understand body fat percentage has a vast, vast, extremely vast control over metabolism. It releases hormones, it signals to the brain, whatever. Feed me, I'm full, whatever. Your body fat is an organ that is very, very, very important. So now, in a dieting phase, it's signaling to the brain, feed me, or I'm starving, or slow down fat loss, all these items. Understand leptin. Leptin is released from fat cells. We know ghrelin. Is your hunger hormone? Leptin can be considered your anti-hunger hormone, if you will. Leptin has effects on almost every tissue and a majority of the cells in the body. It has extremely vast effects on muscle, on liver, on fat cells. Leptin is incredibly important. Leptin is released directly from fat cells. We have lost a shit ton of body fat. We don't have much leptin now. We have not much leptin. We have a ton of ghrelin coming out saying, I'm hungry, I'm hungry, I'm hungry, I'm hungry. So you start feeling extreme hunger during prep. Again, this is why I love a carb cycle approach because, man, we can mitigate this so well. We can mitigate this really, really, really fucking well with a carb cycling approach. That's beside the point. That's for another podcast. Understand females produce two or three times more leptin than men due to higher estrogen. It's really good. That's why, like, you know how, like, you can't really relate. Well, maybe you can. Well, when, when you were like 20 years old, you were always hungry. Mm-hmm. Like you're never not fucking hungry. Mm-hmm. You know, like women, like, like it seems like some women are just never fucking hungry. Like, yeah. how are you not ever hungry? It's like the, what your parents used to say when you're younger, like this kid's dumb truck. Yeah. Like, trash yeah. Can yeah. Like a fucking truck. I was, a, yeah. I was a garbage disposal. Garbage disposal. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. Like, like that was me. Um, and you know, females aren't really like that. They have way more leptin due to the higher estrogen in their body. The last note I want to leave you guys with in this one, and then part two is going to pick up from here. 
in your liver, your leptin increases insulin secretion, but not just increases, it optimizes. So leptin allows you to be more insulin sensitive. Now, when you're in a dieting phase, don't worry about this a ton because like you become so insulin sensitive when you get really lean because your body's just using like, like you're still forcing adaptation through training, through cardio, through all this stuff. So your body gets these nutrients in and it's like, dude, I need to recover. I need to feed. I need to recover. I need to feed. And it's just like, push them out there. All right. As long as your cortisol is, you know, somewhat stable, as long as you're able, dude, honestly, as long as you're able to fucking control your shit, man, some of you motherfuckers lose your mind during prep and it is like not that fucking serious. You really should not be there. You need to be mentally fucking mature and responsible to be in a contest prep. But that's a completely different fucking subject. And muscle leptin promotes fat burning. It spares glucose and it spares protein. This means that leptin is an anabolic hormone. That's what an anabolic hormone is. That's literally what it does, because when it spares glucose and protein. This means if you have high leptin, your muscle building capabilities are much, much, much greater. But you also see why the opposite would hold true during a contest prep phase. Leptin's diminished. Leptin in the muscles down. That means the promotion of fat burning is staved away. And that means that we don't have anything directly sparing glucose and protein in the muscle. And the final note here on leptin is in body fat, it promotes oxidation. This is how body fat gets burned. And it makes body fat insulin resistant. What does this mean? Because we know what insulin resistance means in terms of, you know, how insulin works in, in systemically in the body. We don't want to be insulin resistant. We want to be insulin sensitive. We want, when insulin gets released, we want to have a f- phenomenal response to it. Okay. But when it makes fat insulin resistant, this is forcing your body to be more insulin sensitive because that means that it is essentially staving away any more uh, free-flowing fatty acids to to come in and be stored as triglycerides. So then where does that fat go? Well, we're much more likely to burn that fat as energy as it keeps flowing around the bloodstream. Eventually, it can get used as energy. Because your body utilizes what's in the bloodstream first and foremost. Or it can be stored intramuscularly. Which is extremely beneficial for us as well. So I think I did a decent job here. Mm-hmm. Like, like I, I hope that was all kind of easy to follow. But you guys, I, I think you guys understand also why I don't want to fucking unload the clip all in one. Because this, this is probably a fucking lot for people. Um, I hope you got some really good fucking notes from this. I hope you learn a lot from this. I'm really excited to bring part two to you because we're going to build. I'm going to build upon more of this. And if we need a part three, um, then I think that's going to be awesome. I think it's going to be really helpful for you guys. So. Episode 67, Fat Loss Physiology Part 1. Man, you guys learned a lot today. Welcome to Physiology School. I'm Professor Justin. I'll see you next time. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.